Okay, we're going to give this a quick run through. This is an explanation on Biointegrity 2.0's six-legged table. And I think that probably the best single word for this is the idea of defragmentation or unbrokenness as the fundamental priority in the way we think of the future of life on Earth. And so this begins with, for biointegrity, which is about global biospheric integrity, this begins with life support system. And our work is to help translate the science on the biosphere into content and education to make uh, material that people can understand and help people in this developed world recognize their membership in the life support system that is Biosphere Earth. I also think we need to help catalyze the imagination, the public imagination, for what is possible. And so we want to show rescue and regrowth as a vision and the benefits of that vision and help people to, you know, take these ideas and run with them as it were and engage in biospheric, you could say reformation of the human economy and way of life. You could also just call it human advancement, living in the life support system paradigm. So that's one table leg, and it's the one that I have the, the most knowledge on. This is the area that I've been focused for the last five or six years of research, starting through the, the research in tropical forests, um, and then sort of transitioning into a bigger picture based on my understanding of how ecosystems work in, in, in optimal form by studying rainforests. The second table leg is biodiversity and helping people engage in relationship at a, in a much more physical and I guess I'll say intellectual way with the other living members of the life support system. And so the main resource we have for moving that forward right now for biointegrity is a project that I've referred to a lot in the past few weeks in the email series called allcreation.org. And that project is really about helping people of faith and spiritual practice find their relationships with biodiversity and the biosphere and our indigeneity. That's not to say that the content there is only for religious people and spiritual practice people. More and more, I think the um, the worlds of secular and religious should combine and share their various wisdoms and not ask each other to be like each other, but instead ask each other to um, co-create and in, engage in that kind of fellowship, as the Southern Baptists say, and kind of get on with making a better future. And that is very much why I co-founded allcreation.org. And uh, again, that's the resource we have right now for helping people find deeper relationship with the other living members of reality, you could say, or creation, if you want to speak in sacred language. The third table leg is life force reality. Life force reality is about helping both the secular world of science and uh, professional sort of white collar thinking, economics and business as well as the world of, I think, good-hearted people of faith and spiritual practice and good-hearted secular people and clergy and the various forms of kind of the, the business of religion and so forth, helping these groups integrate the idea 
the palpable reality of life force reality, which kind of breaks down into a couple of main ideas for me right now. One, that life wants to live. This is a, this incredible constant force. And the other idea is recognizing that we are all miracles, that we don't know where we come from, really. We, we also don't know where we go, everyone talks about when we die. We just know that the life force, whatever that is, you can call it animation, you can call it spirit, you can say it doesn't exist, but you know we all know that the, the difference between a, a living thing and a non-living thing, whether you're talking about a human being or a blade of grass, is the animation of that organism. And um, this is talked about in the article that I mentioned in the previous podcast, Biospheric Philosophy, that's on allcreation.org that I wrote and published a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to feature next week. So I, I invite you to check that out. Consider this in your own way. The fourth table leg is the idea of healing, personal healing. And um, I started a podcast with my friend and colleague, Jared Michaels, called The Bridge back in, we started working on it, I think in about February. And then we started doing recordings in April and it's been really fun and successful so far. We're gonna release those podcasts in August is the plan. And um, what we're doing is he is a, a Zen priest and psychotherapist. And what we're doing is talking to people from our kind of respective fields about the inner and outer solutions required to accomplish the global environmental solution. And so when we talk to Jared's colleagues, you know, the conversation is really about personal healing and how a, br a broken internal landscape is nothing but obstacles to paradigm change and to compassion because people are in pain. And, um, you know, probably everyone who's listening to this podcast is either in pain right now or um, managing pain or has had significant trials in their life. Um, and so getting into a, a posture where we try and focus on the inner work, which I think is best understood through the body awareness, um, that finds connectedness to the, the inner truths you know, how you hold your body is how you feel about yourself in a given moment. Um, and living in a personal integrity that we become more connected to ourselves. In doing that, you tend to move into a, a place where you're ideally feeling a sense of your, of your own emotional connectedness to your physical body. And that can lead to a greater awareness and appreciation for how other things make you feel. And the fact that generally when we go into a safe, natural environment, we relax, we feel better, we get oxygenated. You have the sense of uh, benevolent other organisms all around you. There's often a nice temperature and, or something you know green to look at. And so then we become aware of the greater connectedness that we have to other living things and essentially move into a sort of this Buddha-like state, which doesn't mean you have to be Buddhist, but where you recognize a, a oneness, um, a commonality, or as John Trudell, the Native American poet and activist says, you recognize 
that we are all shapes of the earth. We are all made of the same materials that exist on earth. So we're literally made of the soil. We're literally made of the atmosphere. We're literally made of the sunlight. This is not hippie talk. This is literal chemical makeup that we're talking about. And there's a quantum explanation to this life force reality that we all experience. There is an indigenous explanation to this total connectedness of all things. But personal healing has to take place for us to get to these places. And living in a culture of personal healing inspires a culture of social healing, which inspires healthier reality. And there's a lot to say about that. But the fifth table leg, and these table legs may not be in order of priority, by the way, because the fifth table leg, in terms of the implementation of the, the environmental solution, is actually the most important table leg. And that is the reality of indigeneity and indigenous people as the primary foundation of this paradigm change about optimizing the life support system, maximizing biosphere earth. So indigeneity as the sort of catchword, but what we're really talking about is indigenous peoples and an indigenous worldview in this table leg. So first of all, the recognition that it's the indigenous and local peoples in particularly the tropics right now who are the guardians of the life support system for the global economy, for everything that's right and everything that's wrong. The life support system itself is being guarded by indigenous peoples that something like 80% um, of the biodiversity on our planet is on indigenous lands and two thirds of the forest stored carbon. And um, without these ecosystems doing their thing as biophysical members of the life support system, the life support system collapses. And, and that's documented in a 2020 study by two physicists that says that if we don't stop deforestation effectively in the tropics by the end of this decade, that civilization will collapse by the end of the following decade. So urgency is not one of the table legs because urgency is embedded in both the reality of getting to know these table legs and also in the way our media is constructed to you know, sort of freak us out all the time. So I don't think you need more urgency. I think you can figure that one out for yourself. And um, we want to lead with a more positive, transformational vision of what the solution to today's biggest environmental and social challenges is. And that, again, is this idea of defragmentation. So back to indigenous peoples. The, the recognition that they are the guardians of the life support system is real. This is documented in the science. This is documented in the satellite imagery. And that co-powering the indigenous people of today, co-powering as opposed to empowering. Empowering implies that you are sort of giving um, you know, a lordship to, but you're still the controller, dominator in the relationship. Co-powering is recognizing that we are mutually dependent upon each other in this relationship. And the sort of level of domination is clearly not defendable in this particular case, because again, we're talking about co-powering indigenous land rights of the people who are protecting our life support system. They have a greater influence over the, the future of our planet in a beneficial way than any other people on earth. And so their sovereignty their ability to continue their way of life and our ability 
to uptake that way of life into our built world. These are the most important components of the environmental solution. And then in co-powering their leadership in the built world, healing the centuries of, of annihilation that have taken place in the built world and the injustices that are still occurring today in the built world, healing that problem, that's absolutely integral. Recognizing that indigenous peoples are the peoples with the knowledge on how we transition into an economy and a way of life that is sustainable and able to continue. The second piece of indigeneity is the idea and the recognition that we are all indigenous to earth, that there is nowhere else to go in the known universe. And even if there were, it's 73,000 years away by current technology. So what we have is a, a challenge to kind of advance ourselves in terms of our identity, that we recognize that we live in a life support system, in the only life support system. And we take that and we run with that as well. And people like Mary de Young and Matt Seardall, who are featured in the New All Creation quarterly issue, they talk about reclaiming your indigeneity as, for them as people of faith, that it is enriching their spiritual lives as Christian leaders, and that they work with both people who are in a Christian paradigm and people who are certainly not in a Christian paradigm in this work of claiming your relationship to the living world. And there's more to say about that. There's also an interview with Vance Blackfox, who is a great educator and a real member of the community of people that are moving indigenous cultural reparations forward in America right now. And that interview is just about a totally different aspect of this thing. It's back to the idea of healing from the centuries of injustice and annihilation that have been incurred on his people and you know other oppressed peoples and so this connects back to the fourth table leg the personal healing piece and the indigeneity piece are intertwined they're not the same piece they require each other and they are often um, a huge part of the issue for people in the world today particularly people of color and so I really look forward to advancing our cultural conversation on what our priorities are in terms of the environmental solution in the, these two ways. The final table leg, the sixth table leg, is the idea of calling on the top 0.1%, the entities on earth generally that have a net worth of something like you know, $30 million or more, maybe in the business community, a billion dollars or more, in the Lunch and Learn series that concluded a few weeks ago, the final video, Lunch and Learn number eight, is called Biointegrity 2.0. I show in that video that if you just survey off of the billionaires on earth uh, from Fortune magazine and the top 100 companies, their, their combined net worths at the end of 2020, you take that number and then take 5% off of that number, you have nearly $5 trillion of employable resource to fund biospheric reformation of our way of life and our economy in particular. Our way of life, again, in terms of our identity and the way that we think of solutions to business problems and environmental problems, but also our economy, because that is the 
the means by which we exert the most negative influence, the physical destruction of the life support system. And so this idea of revolution from the top, that we want to, we want biointegrity to lead with a logic-based campaign, not a attack. And uh, I think that logic-based campaign is somewhat well-developed already, and I look forward to sharing those ideas in the near future. The net of this outcome of all of this effort to rebuild the wilderness continuum means that the 0.1% are able to finance not just the reversal of the collapse of the global economy, they're also able to fund the climate solution, probably the best solution to refugeeism and poverty through rebuilding the wilderness continuum. And that the returns on investment here are already shown to be enormous. They're three to one, five to one, nine to one. You see these crazy, you know, Warren Buffett scale returns, all from defragmentation of the life support system as a as the primary priority of our time. So again, Biointegrity 2.0. This is about an organization that is a cultural evolution advocate, a biospheric rescue advocate and a biospheric integrity advocate. We want to help people understand that we are advancing human culture into a paradigm of connectedness, of biospheric or, or life support system connectedness. And in so doing, increase the market share, literally the capital that the conservation and restoration and innovation projects and organizations on earth have to work with. That rebalancing the economy according to the laws of the life support system, advances human interests in a literal biophysical sense, in an infinite economic sense, but also in an internal identification sense, and that the benefits of that to our philosophy and purpose are tremendous and untapped. And so I look forward to working on getting all of this out into the world, and I hope to have your support with that. I should probably wrap up by saying this is Chris Searles, and I am the founder and director of Biointegrity, and I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much.